0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. We're in the middle of a three-week sermon series looking at what the next steps for our church is. And What we asked last week is this, what if in 2016 we could be a church where we began to equip 400 neighbourhood missionaries? The ways that we thought we would do that, the next step in that is that we would be a people that stepped from not only just participating in ministry, but providing ministry, From stepped from being not just worshippers, but worshipping witnesses. And we'll see next week, that we, what if we were a church that stepped from just going to church to growing to church? Now, the reason is why? Why would we talk this strategic stuff? And I think it comes, it comes back to a conversation that I had with someone a, a little while ago. Uh, they, they're responsible for the risk management, their reputational risk management of a large uh, banking organisation. And we, we were talking, and so I asked them the question, look, have you if, if you've got any tips on how, how we could manage our reputational risk at Northside? And... Uh, They chuckled and they said, I don't need to give you any tips. And I said, why don't you need to give us any tips? Because they said, look, this day and age, the church doesn't have a reputation. (laughs) And look, discounting all of the great stuff that the church does do and the incredible mission work, wouldn't it be fair to say that's probably the day and age that we live in? We've been watching Cardinal George Pell on the television giving testimony for a range of atrocities that have happened over the years. And what's ironic is you get elements of our branch of the faith in Protestantism. We think managing our reputational risk is going, oh, look, that's all right, that's okay, at least we're not Catholic. Right? But last time I checked with any of my family and friends that look into the church from the outside, they don't see any difference. And there is no difference because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Catholic or Protestant... Presbyterian, and I don't know about you, but I think the church has got a reputation problem. So the question for us is, how, how the heck do we speak into that? How do, we, how do we fix that as such? What we'll see in the case study from this passage that, that was just read to us was that one of the best ways that the church is going to fix their reputation problem is not through necessarily building big churches and getting big influence, but through sending out people that live beautiful lives. And that is exactly what happened in this passage in Acts. We see here that Stephen is being stoned, he's being persecuted, a great persecution has broken out against the church and as a result all the believers are scattered everywhere. Up until that point we see that from the apostles preaching there's one moment in which 3,000 members are added to the church in one day. That's like an instant megachurch, 3,000 in one day. And what happens is as this persecution breaks out against the church, all the believers are scattered everywhere and a dynamic is birthed that actually causes Christianity to explode through the countryside and is actually the genesis of how Christianity exploded into the world. You want to know how that happened? Want to know why that happened? I think it's this, it's because at that moment, because of the persecution, people who saw themselves as worshippers now became witnesses. Up until that point, the church in Jerusalem, everyone's doing what we do. They're coming together, they're gathering. They're coming together for a big, big set of inspiration and, and a great word from, a, from a, a gifted and a very talented preacher. and they 're being inspired and they 're coming together and and at their gathering is that they 're worshippers, but when the persecution hits, they become, they become witnesses and Can you see what the result of the persecution was it wasn 't to snuff out the church, it wasn 't to kill the church. it actually did something wonderful for the church. Acts chapter eight verse four it says, "Those who had been scattered preached the Word wherever they went." What the dynamic there is, is that suddenly people were no longer ministry consumers, they were ministry providers. It wasn't up for the snazzy preachers out the front to share the word, and it says they preached the word wherever they went. Now, uh, preach the word is, we we tend to think that that means they did what I'm doing now. It's what the average person thinks to go and be a witness is, is to go and find a soapbox and to pretend to be like Sam on a street corner somewhere this week. But that's not what it meant. It meant uh, to go and share the gospel. It meant to evangelize, to good news. Now, already the, the minute you hear that, uh, the average person outside the church, they flinch when they hear that. Because often the objectives like this. Hang on, hold up, hold up, hold up. You, you Christians, um, look, I, I like you Christians. I, I like Christianity. I like some of the values that it, it has. I think it's good. It's good to apply f- to my life here and there. But why is it that you guys always have to go converting everyone? And my answer to that is that anyone who believes that they hold a truth or information that will bless and benefit and bring joy to someone, you want to share it. It's, you, 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 evangel, you don't have to be a Christian to evangelize, you evangelize all the time. Right, hun? You, whenever you see a sale on nappies at Big W, it's on Facebook, it's, it's everywhere. I just, just got to let the girls know. $10 off nappies, that's a big deal, if you didn't know. You, you evangelize. And see, here's the thing, Christianity has and always will be a witnessing faith because we are people that believe that we have a truth that will just bless and benefit other people. And so we'll want to share it. Anyone who has a truth that they believe to be beneficial will evangelize because evangelism is just good news. So here's the question. And what made that Christianity explode? Was it just the fact that they shared their faith? Now, I think it's something deeper than that when you see it in this passage. Here's what happened. There was a conjunction of credibility and plausibility. When worshippers become witnesses, when the church suddenly goes outside of its walls and into everyday life, households, there was now a connection, a conjunction between credibility and plausibility. Credibility is, how do I know this thing is true? Plausibility is, how do I know it works? And you see, whenever the church was gathered like we are right now and they're not outside of its own walls, you see, it's my job here this morning to try and prove and argue the credibility of Christianity It's my job, I'm paid to argue that Christianity is true. Your job, church, is to prove that it works. And suddenly for the first time, when you have the church not in their little holy bubble and they're gathering in Jerusalem or on the corner of Oxley Street in Poland, when you have the church going out living beautiful and dynamic and diff- different lives, suddenly there was a match between the truth of Christianity and the plausibility. When people are being persecuted, when people are healing the sick, when people are in tough life situations but they re- remain resilient, suddenly people said, maybe this truth could work for me. You do this all the time. It's why Maya has has all of these tens of thousands of dollars worth of wonderful, snazzy displays for Dyson vacuum cleaners, right? Because you see the ad on TV for a Dyson and it's super cyclonic power and it's revolutionary technology, and that is the thing to get you interested. This could really work. This this could this could this could be good. And what's the first thing you do? You run to Maya and you you get the thing off the shelf with its little alarm code thing that's attached and the power's in and it works when you're there and you press the button. And you go, wow, man, this thing really sucks. Which, (laughs) Which is a good thing when you're buying a vacuum cleaner. And suddenly you have a conjunction of credibility and plausibility. Now, for someone to place their faith in Jesus Christ and to embrace Christianity, the exact same dynamic has to happen. It's one thing for people to come in and hear a preacher and be clever, have his stories and argue the truth of it all. But until they see lives that have lived out Christianity in a dynamic and authentic way, then the two will never match and I will never make the decision. So can you see now church why it is so critical for us if we have any hope of influencing the city of Sydney with something that we believe will bless so many people out there that words alone are insufficient to lead people to Jesus that we need to be a church that that steps from not just being worshippers but worshipping witnesses So now the question is how how do I do that then? How do I become a witness? Because we know how it feels. Feels, You feel nervous about it all. And I'm not sure if I've got that gift of evangelism. And I don't know if I could share. And it sounds a bit scary. Look, just three steps I want to give you this morning. Three simple steps. You could just pick one to do. And I believe that they will significantly take us forward as a church in being authentic and dynamic witnesses for Jesus. Here's the first one. You step from... There are really three mindship steps. You step from the mindset that says, I am going to attend church, a church service, to I'm now going to live out my sentness. You step from the mindset that says, I'm just attending a service, to I'm living out my sentness. And in simple ways, it means that you step from that mindset where you see church as a place to go, whether you read your Bible, you pray, you get a bit of inspiration, you go home. It's so much more than that. The question for you this morning is, when you live out your sentness, what if what if I see myself as sent by God into every situation, every context, every conversation, every moment of every day to reflect a little bit of Jesus Christ? Could you see how that would totally rework the way that you think about the church? And when you when you move in like that, then suddenly people get to... Look, we don't need a persecution, but suddenly people begin to see a church that sees themselves as sent outward. So you step from just attending a service to living out your sentness. Second step is that you step from living a private faith to a public faith. You step from living a private faith to a public faith. You know, This is the point where public faith, that's what I said, people flinch. They think that it's the milk crate on the edge of the street corner. It's, it's not that at all. It means just to open up the innermost part of your life to the people around you. Remember, I used to say it's the classic way that you can do this, simple, don't need to be an evangelist, is just don't sneeze church when you go to work tomorrow. Here's what that means. You've got to go to water cooler tomorrow. People are going to say, what did, what did you do yesterday? How was your weekend? It was great. I went, I went down to Coogee. We had a bit of a swim and then I went to church. <sighs> <laughs> you don't you don't sneeze church, uh, or, or another simple way that you can do it is that uh, for people of a different faith or a different religion, instead of being obnoxious and attacking, you just listen openly, ask some interesting and very genuine questions. Another way that you could be public with your faith is you empathetically listen to someone that's going through a tough time, and say, you know what, can I pray, can I pray for you? Uh, maybe in the In your context, you're going through a tough time. Instead of being a classic north shorer, where we put the mask on, say everything's fine, maybe we take the courageous step to say life is not fine, and you know what? I'm not doing all that good, but I can tell you what I'm I'm surviving because there's a resource here, and it's called my faith in Jesus Christ. You reckon you could do that? That's I'm trying to keep it simple. But simple, stupid, that's for me, not you, by the way. Um, simple ways that you can live a private to a public faith. The final step is that you could step from, I think this is the most crucial way, this is how, this is how you do this right. Because this is what people gripe against. Oh, you Christians, you're trying to evangelise everyone, you're trying to convert everyone. Look, you step from seeing people as projects to people as friends. I remember I told you once about a North Sider who was friends with a Jehovah's, Witnesses, a Jehovah's Witness. They started hanging out heaps. The J-Dub wanted to start giving a whole heap of material. And when that Northsider said, look, mate, I can see where you're going with this. My faith is strong in Jesus. I'm not going anywhere with this. The guy said to him, well, I don't think we could be friends anymore. Now, can you imagine what that would do to people if you are a Christian and acted like that? That's, that's shocking. It's just the whole the whole. The premise of this relationship is my self-interest in some little project. Here's the question. What if you are unafraid to have genuine friendships with people that, that don't share the same beliefs as you? More importantly, here's the question for you. What if you suddenly saw witnessing an evangelism not as an event but as a process? You've heard we're doing this evangelism shift stuff at the moment. 70, 80 of us at the moment. We all shared our journeys as how people had come to faith in Jesus Christ and for some people it had been all of three months from the time they heard a message about Jesus to when they became a Christian. For some, it was 30 years. Now would it take the pressure off you if you saw things in that timeline undergo? go, when we talk about witnessing, we're not saying that you have to bring someone across the line in every single conversation you have. Rather, you just want to be genuine friends with people. And here's why. We don't try and share our faith with people in order to love them so that they're now Christians and we can love them because they're like us. No, we share our faith because we love them. You've heard me say it about my my friend Damo from school, sitting in the spa one night after a big day of work and we're hanging out and we're just having a beer together and... And he had become a Christian over in Canada when he'd met his fiancée. And and he said to me, Sam, I've known you my whole life and you were the only Christian in my world. Why is it that you never told me about Jesus? And I realised at at that moment I, I hadn't truly loved him as a friend. Because I hadn't shared what I love. And that is Jesus Christ. So you stop seeing people, as pro- uh, seeing people as projects and more as friends and you leave it up to God to do the work. And So as we finish this morning, we're going to ask the question, why, why should I? Are you asking that? Well, why, I don't know, is it because Sam said that we had to and now I've got to go out and I've got to witness? Um, or more importantly, those looking in uh, who, who are not of the faith, they go, yep, this is exactly this crusading attitude of you Christians. <laughs> Uh, This is exactly thing you send out you are going to go and try and convert everyone And look, here's what I want to get to this morning The sign that you have understood the underlying story And the premise of all of this Is that you will naturally want to do this You will naturally want to share Can I use a a, a non-church example? Uh, One of my favourite ads this year Was uh, an ad for Lamb on Australia Day And I don't know if you saw it, was, it was an ad titled Operation Boomerang. Has anyone seen this? It'd be Yeah, we've got a few here. It, it, you'd be one of the two million people that saw this ad uh, on YouTube. And so the premise of all of this is uh, Lee Lin Chin, I think her name is, the SBS news presenter, has been stuck in Warsaw in 1996 and it is freezing cold and there is not a lamb chop in sight. And she figures that no Australian need go through the pain of not having a lamb chop on Australia Day and so she commences Operation Boomerang in which case she sends the army in to go and rescue the one million or so stranded Australians from around the world in Brooklyn and Japan eating sushi and eating tofu in London and, and so they send the army in to go and rescue them and so there's a, a businessman talking to the Japanese and the SAS bust through the roof and they, they put their hand on his shoulder and they say Bud, we're taking you home and so, and so no Australian should go without lamb. And it was a, it was a brilliant ad campaign. And, uh, and look, it copped a bit of flack at the same time as well, particularly from the vegans, got very upset about it all. <laughs> Understanding. Now here's the question, is, is that narrow-minded? Is it a narrow-minded campaign? Of course it would offend a couple of people. But no, like what meat and livestock were doing in that is that they were simply sharing what they were passionate about. That those in the everyday world, they call that marketing. We Christians call that witnessing. And uh, ironically, it was a little bit while later that I realised, yeah, a mate from school is part of the Brains Trust behind all of that. And I figured that um, he and I actually have the same sort of job. We're both marketing managers, if you want to put it that way. We're just trying to shift the attitudes and the beliefs towards the thing that we really love. And uh, look, if. People might think that Lamb has a bit of a reputation problem. I don't think so. I think Lamb is fantastic. <laughs> I think I've got a little bit of a harder sell at the moment when it comes to Christianity, but uh, next time I want to catch up with him, I, I want let- to let him know that the premise for Operation Boomerang really wasn't the world's most original idea, and I'm- I meant it in the best possible way. <laughs> because Operation Boomerang, that, is- that has been happening since history has been written. There's an ultimate Operation Boomerang, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the story underneath every story. It's the thing that makes that tension so great. You see, people think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That you come to church and a preacher's going to tell you that you're a filthy, rotten sinner. And they're going to bang into your head how bad you are and that how much you need Jesus in order to do that. But each time I read the Bible, I don't see sin as good deeds versus bad deeds. I see sin as lostness. I see what the Bible is talking about. that There is a true home. That there is an ultimate meal that is waiting for everyone. That there are millions of stranded people who have been away from home so long that they're surviving on tofu and all the rest of it. like It's, it, it's, it's a life, but we Christians know a better life. And so God sends his son into the world in order to say, friends, it's, it's time to bring him home. And it is not a matter of we're right, they're wrong. It's a matter of saying, we've come to taste and see. They've been away so long that they don't know what they're missing. And so friends, I've got to ask you this morning, are you far away from God? It's not a we're right, you're wrong type process. It's just to say that anyone that calls themselves a Christian has tasted and seen. And you, you've got to be a part of this. We know something better. We're sharing it because we're passionate about it. We love this. It's called witnessing. And here's what I want to challenge you with too. If you're far away from God, look, please, 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 don't let the reputation of the church and the Christianity preclude you from experiencing the real thing. I mean, that's like saying, well, I refuse to eat a lamb roast because I had a dodgy kebab once. And most importantly, as much as I chuckle at that, I know way too many people who say, I refuse to embrace Christianity because I had an experience with a dodgy Christian once. Friends, please don't ever let that preclude you from the opportunity that you have this morning to experience the real thing and to come home. Christians, uh, we know the deal. We talk about this all the time. Are you living a beautiful and a dynamic life? And you see that the best chance that we have to reverse the reputation of the church is not by growing a big church, but through living beautiful lives. And so there are millions of stranded people. There are stranded people in your life, in your families, in your workplace. God is placing you into their world all the time. And all that I can say to you this morning, church, is that Operation Boomerang continues. And it's time to bring them home. Let's pray. Father God, we commit ourselves to you and we pray that, Lord, you have spoken to us this morning. Uh, that you have opened our eyes to the bigger picture and the bigger story of what we are all a part of here, that we would be a church this morning that in the unseen and the supernatural have taken already a small step from being just worshippers to witnesses in our world. And so I commit every North Sider to you this morning, Father, that you will be so ordaining conversations, and phone calls and interactions and Moments in the lives of every person in this place this week. And so we ask, Father, that you would go ahead of us, but each of us would carry both an openness and an intentionality into all that we do as your witnesses in the world this week. And Father, the task ahead of us seems great. It even seems impossible, but Lord, we have seen that history has proven that when your people step out in faith like this and reflect just genuine and real and authentic Christianity, something special happens. We want that to happen in our lives this week, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about North Side, visit North where we're quit or God away from.